Hello, Inspired to Inspire podcast listeners. My name is Devin, and I'm coming to you with our latest episode. Took a little bit of a hiatus thanks to the Thanksgiving holiday, but also because we were working on something kind of special. We uh, did an interview with a young man by the name of Jamie. He uh, had recently left the church that Jordan and I attend and kind of went on a little bit of a a journey, as it were, to figure out what he believes, what the church believes, kind of experience and explore some different things. And he went ahead and actually shared this experience through a Facebook post, which caught Jordan and my uh, attention. And when we first saw it, we were both kind of intrigued by it and read through it. And we thought at the time it might be interesting to have Jamie on to kind of provide some perspectives about that decision, about that process. Um, It's not uh, uncommon for young people to leave the church nowadays for various reasons, and so we thought it could be insightful, thought it could be eye-opening. So he was kind enough to join us, spent about 90 minutes with us. So what we're sharing with you today is the first half of that interview, about uh, 45 minutes or so, and in the next couple of days, we will release the second half. So we hope that you enjoy it. What's good, people? What's going on? What's happening? What's happening? Welcome to Eye to Eye, Inspire to Inspire, where we are willing to boldly go where most folks ain't trying to. And again, surprise, guess what? Tonight will be no different. So, different setting, actually. Um, we are coming at you live from a building that shall not be named. Just understand that it is a... Radio City Music Hall. Nah, bro. No? They're not going to believe that. K-Rock. Really? No. K Rock. I'm just trying to think of like famous radio stations. There's not many. <laughs> not many left. Yeah, you're right. No. 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 I was gonna say like this would be more like some underground setting or something like that. That's what I feel like underground radio. Mm-hmm. We should have like some radio Raheem stuff banging in the background right the now. The underground rail radio. No. 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 Actually, I haven't seen Harry yet either, even though that was so dry. But whatever. Ooh, another movie minute coming. Uh, yeah, All right. you're correct. Anyway, yeah, we don't want to waste any time. We're going to get down to business tonight. Uh, we have a very uh, cool, good man, very good friend uh, in the building with us tonight. And we're going to have a conversation with him about some things uh, that he had on his mind that got a lot of attention. And we were intrigued by a lot of it. Um, and in a a very loving and honoring, respectful way. Uh, we're gonna get all up in his business. I don't know if that. <laughs> I don't know if that works. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. It is. Uh, it's my own boy, Jamie Turnbull. How you doing, bro? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm tired. Um, I want. I want mashed potatoes. I want. Um, I want stuff. Yeah, but from a keto perspective, I don't think you understand. Like right He's now, you eat keto. Drop the keto, man. No, bro, oh, you're it's eating ridiculous. that bread in my presence right now. It's 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 working for the most part. So I got to hold on to it just a little bit. Potatoes but. are good for your soul. They are. So I'm going to have some on Thursday. So you got to drop the keto no. for, for the good of your soul. I mean, I am for, for 48 hours. I'm going to drop it for the good of my soul. And after that, my soul shall suffer. I've been telling him for longer. like six weeks. I'm like, it's key, keno. Like, don't do it. No, but I can't do he it. He doesn't I did, care. I did six years of keno. Yeah. That was my CG leader and a sucker. Oh, anyway. <laughs> that's um, a whole nother thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. When it comes down to a keno, if you're it's ever a totally different to kind of diet. Sir, yeah. Nah, not really. <laughs> 
I I was gonna say never mind because if he actually does listen to this, he'd be mad as crap if I used my my choice nicknames for him. So Ooh. we'll leave that alone. Uh, but yeah, so we just wanted to uh, go ahead and get this party started. Um, and I will uh, I guess kind of preface the the message that you put on uh, Facebook. Um, it was about two two and a half weeks ago. Uh, you posted online uh, a very in depth, very detailed um, note on what has been your experience, I guess, for the past 15 years. Is that right? Uh, if we're talking about specifically in church, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and just uh, your experience with life and people. Um, and then coming across a couple of things that had you asking questions that sent you down, you say, a path, we call it a journey, uh, that led you to a point now that... I feel like almost, in, in my in my opinion, probably leaves you asking even more questions, which I think is dope. Um, if you recall, my my comment on your your thing was uh, the hermeneutics professor in me's heart just leaped, <laughs> and it did because I, I love stuff like that. But why don't you do us a favor and um, give us a uh, give us a thirty second walk uh, down what you what you posted. I mean, it can be longer than 30 seconds. Right? <laughs> right, right. No, we're going to cut them off. 15 right at 30. Seconds. Make yeah. it happen now. <laughs> Let's go. Maybe I'll add a little bit more context. I wasn't necessarily raised in church or anything. I actually grew up, I was probably, I would call myself in high school, I was probably agnostic slash atheist kind of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, after high school, I started having more time to get some thought to stuff. And I was like, there's more going on here. So, because everything just too nice and too beautiful and harmonic mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So Harmonic. Mm. I like it. <laughs> uh, so eventually I, um, at some point, a friend invited me to church. I started coming at that point and I was so aching for some community at that time. Um, I was aching for some purpose because I had been left home. Uh, all my friends went off to college. Mm. I was 20 years old when I decided to start going to church. So I joined up and I ran full, st- well, full speed ahead. Like a week later, I Started joining the choir, started got baptized a couple months later. Like just, I don't know if you saw, he had the Chris Martin afro too. When Chris Martin from Coldplay first came out, he had that joint. I, I know who Chris Martin is. I'm just saying, I've been to like five Coldplay concerts. Did he have an afro? Did he have an afro when you went? Though is my question. Um, no, he he'd kind of weed so whacked it a little mi- bit. You missed yeah, out, but then. no, but I mean, I've. I, I've seen the yellow music no, video and you're, you're trying to be too cool right now, but blue ballroom. EP. Yes. I'm trying to be too cool by admitting how white I am. Having gone to multiple Coldplay concerts. <laughs> hey, look, man, Coldplay was good up until X and Y. That's all I got to say about That's that. True. I'm sorry, sir. Totally Please agree. continue. Yeah. I interrupted you. My bad. No, you're good, man. Um, so yeah, basically ran in church circles, doing everything I was told, taught. This is how, you know, you're supposed to live life. It's, this will bring you fulfillment. This is, you know, if you want to be a leader, you have to do this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, not, I don't know. It's just, it's leading you on to somewhere instead of actually giving you grace to learn yourself. But at a certain point, uh, I'd say I was 34, when this happened? 36 now. So 34, I decided I would seek help for uh, porn addiction, quote okay. unquote. Um, and so with that counselor, starting to seek things, starting to learn how to go easy on myself and be gracious in general and not necessarily hold myself and others to such a high standard. Right. Um, and that was crucial um, to being able to learn how to explore things and make mistakes. Um, and so when I get to uh, say March, about March time, I started seeing him in October, 
And then mm-hmm. March time, I got to a point where he told me James Dobson said masturbation wasn't a sin. Oh, and at that point, I was like, well, well, dang, I didn't really know that was like ever a teaching. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and okay. Let alone focus on the family, uh, like kind of pushed it to the side and kind of brought the whole thing back into a typical Christian line. Mm-hmm. So, um, to try to stay on point, it was a, uh, that was a kind of like, um, kind of like just pulling off, pulling off that one stone that makes you start tumbling down the hill. Yeah. It's the, the tipping okay. point as tipping Gladwell point. would put it. Yeah. yeah. So at, at that point, I'm like, huh. I'm already at a point where I can go easy on myself yeah. and let myself learn and explore and say, okay, there's might be other things out there. Um, and so I'm like binging theology podcasts, theology articles, um, as much as I could put into my brain on a daily basis. If I'm honest, work was kind of slow. So I'm like, uh, even at work, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm fiddling around on, on the internet, yeah. trying to figure stuff out because I was, I was so hungry for it. Um, and, you know, eventually you get to a point where, you know, I, I learned different things about different views, different theologies, different, mm-hmm. um, different doctrines. Well, where do we get all these things that we learn from and then get to the nature of scripture? And at that point, I'm like, it, it's uh, and the history involved in that. And it, it was so hard for me to place the law within a modern context um, because it was like it was a different day back then. I'll feed into it a little bit. I'll just uh I'll speak to that in reading this because that's one of the, that's the reason why I said the whole thing is, is, is being a professor. Um, one of the hugest misconceptions uh, that I think a lot of Christians have um, is, and you know, this is big on me more recently. I've tried to globalize my understanding of Christianity um, and in globalizing um, you realize very quickly uh, that in Eastern culture, it's a lot more relevant relative to ancient culture and that ancient culture is speaking specifically I'm, I'm talking about the biblical text uh, and so it's it's very interesting to me now to go through there and read with I guess a quote-unquote fresh perspective but it's not a fresh perspective it's the initial perspective that the intended author uh, was trying to communicate to the intended reader of that time and yeah it's mind-blowing because the way that we look at the Bible here in the United States of America um, in, if you want to call it what you were saying, like the white evangelical setting, uh, it's, it's way off. That's, mm-hmm. that's the only way to say it. And so I think yeah, there's that, a red, white, and blue filter on it, I believe. Uh, yeah. There you go. I'm mm-hmm. just going to stick with, uh, with oh, that too. Yeah. yeah I mean, and it's not, yeah. you know, the funny thing is, is that, um, it's a black filter. It's a white filter. It's Everybody's a, got a filter. <laughs> it's a Hispanic yeah. filter. Um, I've even been told, uh, that one of the best things to do when you're, when you're looking through and trying to interpret scripture is to grab different commentaries set forth by different people. Um, so grab a commentary from a black person, grab a commentary yes. from a woman, right. grab, uh, you know, from a, from a white person who's not John MacArthur. And um, really, you know, just take the time. Well, forgive me. I'm sorry. I had to put one shot in there. Um, and just take the time to take a look at all the different views, the different worldviews, because then you realize that everyone has something to offer. It's a different vantage point. It's that unity and diversity that everybody's talking about. Um, but no, I, I think a lot of churches don't do that. And so speaking to that, maybe that'll... Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, so 
I started thinking about the divinity divinity of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, and that could be a whole spectrum. Like he literally spoke those words out of his mouth or God inspired somebody to write something or he was just thinking about God. And so he wrote it like in, inspired could mean a million different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you bring in historical context and just the nature of Scripture, the fact that it's been touched by human hands, it's, it was hard for me to accept like the law as it was. Um, and then the basis on that. Jesus was the whole gospel is based on it's based on uh you know the the law and you know the Jewish culture and that whole thing um so it's hard to it was hard for me to actually sit there and say I I need to I should stay stay here in this faith and I just couldn't authentically do it I I did not want to be a part of it and watch other people say things and spread things that I felt that I discovered were wrong. Um, and I felt like it can turn things into an oppressive, oppressive atmosphere. Yeah. Um, okay. How much, uh, searching had you done or studying had you done prior to kind of that, it's funny. that moment? That's actually an interesting uh, story. Um, when I joined, um, church, I had all these questions. I just, I guess, push them to the side. Yeah. Um, and over time, I didn't really do as much as I should have, could have. Right. Um, and about the, the the tipping point was also about the same time I started getting, uh, I got an ADHD diagnosis. And I could actually, and I got medication and I could focus. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's weird how they coincide. I don't know if that's related or not, but it was, it was just like everything came in, came into play at once. Well, I can relate to that because I have the same thing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had an undiagnosed ADHD for like until I was thirty-five, basically. Yeah, mine was about thirty-two. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah. weird. It's it's like it's like mind I'm, blowing. Y'all make oh, me yeah. When I go get checked. Oh, no, my uh, <laughs> yeah. my my wife's is like, oh, I'm so glad that there are drugs. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, no, it it it's uh, it is life altering. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's like putting and, on glasses for the first time. Yeah, and I, th- I think there's actually a, a pretty easy um, bridge that we can build when we're talking about understanding uh, you, even your own beliefs. Right. So, you know, I grew up in the church, so my, my story is different than yours. Yeah. So I grew up in the church. My grandparents were saved, went to church. My parents mm-hmm. were saved, you know, went to church. I'd never not gone to church, but... Having moved from Los Angeles to here in 2008, this was the first church that my wife and I picked that wasn't like the church that my family's going to. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it just kind of opened up our eyes to how church can be different than what we grew accustomed to. And then uh, about two years ago, I decided to actually take a couple classes at, at the Wave Leadership College to just kind of learn a little bit more. And that's kind of where my question came in because... For most of my life, I just kind of took these things at face value. Right. I went to Wave Leadership College, actually. Yeah. Um, the quality of the education is up for debate. Yeah. Uh, but How long ago was it that you went? That was, uh, I graduated in 06. Okay. So it was a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I started going to church in 03. Okay. Graduated. So like, with, gotcha. 
yeah. a year later, I, I started going to Bible college. If yeah, that shows sure. you. Objectively, obviously, times things. have changed. Yeah, oh, for sure. As I'm a professor there, so no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but also, I, I like, my ability to study was probably a little hindered back then. Oh, for sure. Yeah. In, f- in fact, it was in the midst of studying for a big um, designation for my work that I oh, kind yeah. of came to the idea that, that I can't focus and right. read the same page over Mine and over was when again. I tried to go back to school. Yeah. No, that, that's oh, basically, somehow I got through school without that, but good for you. Yeah, it was, <laughs> no, it was crazy. So, yeah. um, no. So I was wondering because for me, you know, those, those moments where you start wanting to actually understand what it is that you think you believe. Yeah. I wish everyone had that moment. Right. But sometimes people never have that moment. And when they do, sometimes it, it, will kind of uh, bounce you one way or bounce you another. And so it's just interesting hearing about kind of what led to the snowball effect for you and kind of the direction that it, that it took you. Right. Um, because for me, it was kind of like a, an understanding of what I didn't know I should be doing from a uh, relationship with God standpoint. Mm-hmm. And where it sounds like for you, it was more of an understanding of, wow, a lot of the stuff that I learned from these people <laughs> who called themselves my brothers and sisters through the church, I don't know how much they even understand what they're saying. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'll even, um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think that was the thing that began to really catch my attention on your, um, on your stuff. Cause I've always been one who just believes that God is judged. I don't really have time to judge people period at the end. Um, but when you were talking about, uh, you know, one of the prominent reasons, uh, for people having this, this, this grand misunderstanding was just their overconfidence, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Or the belief that they're right. Maybe even in the absence of any evidence, uh, unearned confidence. And I was just like, Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I feel like you, you hit the nail dead on the head with that. Yeah, um, for sure. And, uh, I, I, for one, um, am one who believes that you should, in the right context, question everything, you know, because if not, then I feel like there are so many different miscues in society, um, so many different miscues in just all cultures, not just one specific culture. Right. Um, and of course, the church is no different. I'm sorry. Uh, and I think that because most people think that the church is the place, their safe space, uh, that they don't need to question uh, when they when they actually do. Now, I, you know, I just um, I wanted you to kind of talk about. I guess when you realize you would hit that wall, um, what, what was, what was it, what was the key misconception I think that, that, that took you there? And then what was your, what, what was it like to have the consensus that you needed to make that move? Cause I mean, obviously there was an eye opening that happened, right. but I mean that moment specifically walk through that because I feel like there might be some, even some listeners that we have, uh, that are probably just like, Am I am I overconfident? What's what's, yeah, what's happening yeah. now? Um, well, and and like the question that I had that came out because I, I mean I completely agree with what you put there, and I see it in society today. I think a lot of the reason why people aren't willing to open up their eyes to what's going on in America right now is because depending on which side you chose, you, you cannot admit that you were wrong by picking mm. or voting True. for a certain side, mm-hmm. even when things aren't looking very good for how they handle things. And so you just become more and more entrenched in mm. wanting to be correct Confirmation than happens. wanting what actual truth is. Right. And um, so, you know, that stood out to me as well. And so the question that I had, which is 
kind of correlate with this a little bit is, did you believe at the time that you were overconfident in your beliefs? Uh, I came to realize I was. Okay. Um, or at least had a, I came to question if I ever really believed them. or if, Somebody told me one thing in church one time that was pretty poignant. And it, it, he said, uh, in terms of converting to Christianity, he's like, it's never really a logical decision. It's an emotional decision. Um, and that rings true to me now. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so in, in that light, I came to, I came to question my initial decision. It was like, I just wanted to belong. Right. Um, and, and so my quest wasn't really a quest for, it was a quest for truth and seeing where I want to, like, what values do I have? Cause there was always dissonance, um, in terms of like, I had my gay friends and then I had my, you know, church friends, church life told me that these people like gay being gay is a sin. These, these people, not necessarily that they're going to hell, but what their, their lifestyle is wrong. Um, and there was always dissonance there and it's hard for me to make that a, um, to, to really go forward with that. If I'm trying to seek truth. Um, okay. So I want to almost kind of put a pin in something there. Um, cause you said that, uh, what was it that, uh, somebody said that it's not logic, it's, it's emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. okay. Break that down for me and see what it looks like. Um, in, in my opinion, only, mm-hmm. and again, this is me yeah. being a hermeneutics professor. Um, at there, I'm not going to say there's, n- it's not, it's not emotion. It definitely is emotion. It's right. not sensationalism. It's emotion. Right. Um, but, uh, just to your understanding, what can you say in speaking to um, the archaeo the archaeology of of discovering Christ or, or things of that nature? Oh, I'm I'm not an expert, and I would probably defer to other sources for that. Okay. Um, I mean, I respect that. I'm just yeah. uh, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, if I get into something, I'm gonna say something that <laughs> I'll regret probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the way that I kind of equate, you know, salvation as it were. It's it's very much like uh, like a, a love story in a sense, where at first you're very attracted to the person that you see, mm-hmm. and those those attractions are physical and mm-hmm. emotional and whatever it may be. And then as time goes on, you decide to get married, you make that commitment. Marriage is no longer an emotional decision. Marriage became a logical decision. It became a, hey, I am committed to this person because of who they are, because of who I am when I'm with them. And now it becomes a logical commitment where there's still an emotional connection. Um, and that's kind of how I view Christianity. And unfortunately, I agree that sometimes churches make it seem like it's basically just an emotional decision. <laughs> Maybe I can elaborate. Yeah, what sure. I mean, okay. um, I don't mean to, like everybody's trying their best. They know, yeah, they, sure. they know, um, they know what they know and they're doing the best with what they know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, but I find that most of the people still in church were probably raised in church. It's, it's home to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who come back needed structure in some fact. So people who enter the church from outside the church need some kind of structure um, or some kind of uh, life-giving community. Because honestly, community, everybody needs community. That's probably one of the few things uh, I feel like the church really does right. Um, but in terms of the emotion, like people want to feel like they're home. People want to feel comfortable. Sure. They want to feel, yeah. um, and oh, you want to feel loved, which is right. an emotion. And I feel people are, 
coming into church with baggage, their own baggage, mm-hmm. and they want to feel at home. They don't they don't necessarily make the logical. It's like similar to mine. Maybe I'm projecting. Maybe I'm not. But um, my experience and the, the stories I've heard, because I've heard a lot of in the past year, I've heard a lot of similar stories to mine. Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of similar people to me um, who have had a, who've had a similar uh, similar uh, life change. And, you know, everyone says like, oh, they were raised in church or like I was probably I'm probably one of the few. That, and then once you leave, it's like people's like it's like their entire reality going. Mm-hmm. It's really scary mm-hmm. if you have to so take, it, take out that yeah. take out that uh, foundation upon which you're. No, it's like getting a divorce after 20 years. I guess that's one. Your, your day to day is going to change entirely. Yeah. You know, the, You're the really people the you were out of this right here, aren't you? Do well, you I mean, to, it's yeah. my favorite Pixar film, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, which no, one? please. P- Inside, Inside out. out. No, no, no. I never no, saw no. it. Inside, yo, that it looked kind of silly. I needed, no, I needed to see a shrink. Like mm. good. Mm-hmm. For oh, it'll get you. Almost it'll get you. It's worth seeing. Little um, said the word strength. It felt like a preschool movie because it had like it embodied <laughs> nah. all these different emotions. I was like, I don't know it if I can did, do that. But the thing about it was, it actually addressed them in like the context of being a real human going through real things. Like, so it wasn't yeah. just the emotions, but then it was the emotions, and then meet this girl who's in complete disarray <laughs> because her whole life has changed and all this, and it's to the mm. point where she literally is getting on a bus, getting ready to run away from home. And you just kind of put like yourself in, in, it's, in that. It's so good. In the shoes of, 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 a, of a young child who's probably done that or thought yes. about Pixar it. Pixar does a good job. So, yeah. Oh, Pixar is they messy, really man. do. Pixar is theologically messy too. I still can't watch <laughs> Toy Story 3. But um, yeah. But yeah um, you know, well, I just, go ahead. so you said that a, a lot of people go to church f- to feel belonging, to mm-hmm. feel a sense of community. Um, if, uh, and, and I don't know what you believe now or what you've determined you believe. And I know that that's something that we wanted to kind of address at some point, but let's just say hypothetically that if somebody did believe that God was real and Jesus was their savior is going to church for the community, the right priority. I'm not one to, I don't want to tell anybody what to do, how to live their life. Um, I, I've come to the conclusions I have, uh, but I do know, as, assuming that you are right and and pushing that belief yeah. towards others can be very harmful to other people. Oh, sure. No, I'm talking simply about, so just, again, hypothetical. So there's no wrong answer. Right. But if you did believe that going, like to me, I would think that, that if I believed in something, then going to, like, for instance, uh, we'll, we'll change the narrative a little bit. Yeah. So let's say I believe that, uh, I need to work out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to the gym to work out. Mm -hmm. And then if I meet people and kind of find a community within there, that's great. Now they can support me Mm -hmm. in what my initial goal was. If instead I'm like, well, I'm going to go to the gym so I can meet people, and there are people that do that. <laughs> yeah, talk about that. So I'm just saying, like, in, in a hypothetical sense, I wonder, because um, you said that your experience is a lot of people go to church looking for a sense of community and then end up leaving the church. And to, to me, I would think that, that that has a lot to do with just people suck. <laughs> and so you're going to find a sense of community with other people mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, look, it's a struggle for me because I think that 
you know, and some of the things that I've read through or some of the things that I, I've heard about you mm-hmm. and some of the things that you believe in from just a social standpoint or a political standpoint, we probably share a lot of those similar beliefs. Mm-hmm. The church doesn't share a lot of the similar beliefs with me, but I don't go to the church because I want to be around people who are like-minded. So, I mean, so that's believe- just kind of the question that I have. If you, in that regard. Well, yeah, I mean, if you believe something, uh, I yeah. would hope uh, you would. Some people go to church for, yeah, I don't I don't want to assume motives, like yeah. for individual people. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, in general, I think that's a, that's a, that's a tendency. And oftentimes people who are raised in church go because, like I, even now I'm hearing people who have left the church, their parents are very disapproving now and they voice that disapproval. Um and so, like, whether it's through guilt or pressure from the parents or yep. even even if it's subconscious, um, like, what would the parents think if I left? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, and, that, and that's an important that's an important thing to consider, I guess, when you're making a decision like that, right. because you do you are worried about how it's going to impact people that you care right. about, people that you love. Right. Yeah. So. so I don't know if I necessarily answered your question. I probably didn't. No, that's uh, OK. That's OK. Uh, it's a conversation. I, mean, I think you did. I um. I think that what we discover when we begin having conversations like this is that there's a nuance of of, of God knows what uh, that can interfere with people's uh, means of wanting to make decisions. I say interfere specifically because I feel like um, me still being a believer, the enemy has only one tool, and that's distraction, deception, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he's going to use that to, to interface. Now, that, that again, that's just me. Um, but I do also know that, you know, um, compared to what you did, mm-hmm. um, that is not what most people do that do end up leaving the church. Um, and not only right. that. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, what you did takes a lot of courage. Yeah. And again, kudos to you for, for doing that because then this becomes a conversation. And the funny thing about it is I'm pretty sure that this is for anybody who has done this, a real unpopular move until somebody does it, then it becomes popular. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Um, and so that's, that's exactly why I wanted to approach that this way. Um, because I do feel, uh, and I want to talk about some other stuff in a second, but I just, I kind of want to nail this one down. Cause I feel like if not, we could talk about this all night. Um, I do feel that, it's because of um, a willingness to ask the questions in your own mind mm-hmm. to continue the journey to because I mean that's really what anybody's going through is, is, is always going to be a journey where their destination ends up I, I believe that there are some key implicators or critical factors that can ultimately determine that but again that's all on them that's their will that's their, that's their volition that's their cognitive whatever that's their decision making and you have to honor and respect it in the end no matter what it is um, but I think a lot of folks that don't do that, I feel like what happens is, uh, just like you were saying, I think it's actually more on the other side of the spectrum of um, not just asking questions because they don't, because st- things aren't st- like adding up. I think it's the other thing. It's just, I think it's they look for the community, they get in the community. Um, you can speak to this if you want to. Um, something about the community. I'm just going to say it, offends them, like for real, for real. Uh, And instead of processing that in a healthy way, they just say, screw the entire community. 
throw their hands up and then they tell everybody else, screw the entire community as well. Yeah. Or if they do bring it up to one person and that's not a good experience, yeah. then it's like, well, maybe this is how everyone's going to, and that hurt. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want to do that again. Right. You know, yeah. I don't want to approach a second person when the first person closed me down. Yeah. And I think that's something that, that, I mean, Christians yeah. do a terrible job. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> poor job. I'll no, I, I'll say terrible. That, yeah. I'll say terrible. So <laughs> to be clear, I, I didn't um, come in here or I didn't write that with the intention of bashing everybody. I don't even think there was a moment where I was specifically no, offended. Oh, no, 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 there so wasn't any of that. that was against you. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, in fact, one of the one of the big reasons why we even considered having you is because of how how delicate and and how genuine you appeared to be in in the post that you wrote. Yeah. Which means that. You're coming from a place of, of authenticity, and you mentioned it multiple times that the people that you built relationships with, that you still love them, and, and you're going to miss doing community with them mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. So. Yeah, that's but true. You ain't making no money off of this. So, I'm definitely not. Uh, yeah, so it had to be real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, because this, this doesn't always get the attention that some folk want, you know, like... There are a couple of people out there who would probably love to have that attention, but no. Let's, yeah. Uh, no, no. Well, some people seek it out. So, uh, so uh, yeah. you know, so, <laughs> so some of the, the questions that we've asked at this point are, are kind of big in scope. So let's try to find some simpler ones. So yeah. you had mentioned a couple different times throughout the post that you, you wrote that there were some things that you realized um, were beliefs that maybe you no longer believe. Mm-hmm. So what are some of those things? Well, I mean, a lot of it depends on how you define certain things. For instance, uh, inerrancy. Mm -hmm. um, there's a million different definitions to that word. Mm -hmm. uh, and kind of similar to what I was saying with divinity, it's like a whole spectrum of beliefs out there. Mm -hmm. um, and I find the more absolute you get with it, the more dissonance there is with the real world. Um, okay. So... so uh, you at one point believed that, that the Bible was the inerrant word of God, and now you're not sure that that's the truth. You know, I never really nailed down what I believed with that. Okay. I, um, wow. Okay. I listened. I kind of, everyone said certain things were history, but I was always kind of doubtful. Okay. Um, so. So what steps did you take to confirm or disprove that? I mean, because that's a kind of a, a tentpole Christian right belief. Right. So coming away from that, I would think that the approach you'd take is, okay, well, let me try to m read multiple sources to either prove it right or prove it wrong and yeah. kind of make a determination. I just started both. listening yeah. to different perspectives, like kind of okay. like what you all were saying in the beginning. Yeah. I uh, started listening to different perspectives, um, even started looking culturally, like, why is this important for it to be inerrant? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, and there's... Um, I find that there's a lot of, uh, for lack of a better term, gaslighting um, that goes on with scripture, mm -hmm. um, or even, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. People, yeah, people tend to guilt people a lot and use scripture to get people to do what they want them to do. You mean okay. just take the Bible out of context? Well, that too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I think a lot of we can get into how a lot of times, mostly the Bible is taken out of context uh, in terms of a lot of narratives that are preached from stage but yeah that was one of the other things that you mentioned you said um you were having a hard time seeing people uh kind of uh, uh, confirm and agree with things that were being taught from 
uh, the pulpit or from the stage. Yeah. What were some of those things that, that you started to, to struggle with hearing? Oh, geez. Um, a lot of specifically that moment was when somebody, one of the pastors was on stage, hyping mm. people up. Okay. Some of the things that were said were that, I, that were dissonant. Like sometimes you, they, they'll say one thing and then they'll say another thing in the same message. And it's those things don't align together. Um, I can't think of how many times looking back, like how many, like how much cognitive dissonance there was in my head about if these things actually line up, if these, mm. what's being preached is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and like certain things just don't, I mean, I, I understand the world is very messy. Right. It's a very, uh, yeah. there's a lot of gray areas. There's a lot of questions. And I think the only thing I've really picked up out of this whole journey is nobody knows Jack. Um, so that's actually one of the, the other questions that I had. Um, so if nobody knows anything, you don't believe that you know anything is true? Uh, it's a, there's a, that's. And I know that's a tough question. I, was about to say, like, you just, you, I know. You, but you asked a, that, okay. Yeah, like, question. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously there's truth. There's truth that you see right in front of, of us. Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but right. I think it's easier to rule things out than it is to say definitively what is true. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, I do say I do think there's enough ability to question to not push beliefs on somebody. Yeah. There's yeah. enough questions out there to not push beliefs, and there's not enough questions to you know not uh, pursue a certain morality towards somebody, like um, mm-hmm. push certain moralities towards people, okay. and hold people to a standard that shouldn't really be there. It's only okay. used to hurt people. Or it's not necessarily used to hurt people, but right. that's, that's the end result. So, sure. Right. Yeah. Speaking to that, though, um, uh, what about, especially because you were talking about uh, the contradictions of the Bible, you know, that, that's when my ears perk up um, <clears throat> because they really do exist. You're right. Uh, but sometimes I feel like the contradictions of the Bible are the things that uh, we as humanity need because if read properly, um, they give us a perspective that says, hey, uh, even these quote unquote amazing people in the Bible did really, really crappy stuff. Right. And right. yeah, they're still the best people. Um, one still after God's own heart, you know what I'm saying? Like one still responsible for two thirds of the New Testament. And we can we can have the discussions all day long. You know, a, a, a freaking prostitute uh, was the reason why, uh, you know, God's army was able to continue to proceed um, and be successful at that. You know, just uh, I um. I wanted to, you know, kind of gather your thoughts on your understanding of the contradictions and, and what they've, what they, what, what kind of impact they had on, on your thinking or your process in this whole thing. Hmm. I, um, I'm not one to get into much detail on this because like I said, I'm not an expert and, um, I don't speak Hebrew huh. or, or read it or <laughs> yeah. write it or right, right. Greek yeah. or whatever. Okay. Um, but my understanding is there are, um, a lot of different, uh, narratives from ancient Canaanite Hebrew tribes that that had made its way into the Bible. Um, and some of them conflict. Um, so, okay. um, and yeah. And, you know, from one book to the next in numbers and Deuteronomy or whatever, or maybe it was Leviticus, but like they, they start listing out numbers for, or accounts for different things. And the counts are different from one thing to the next. So, there's a bunch of little things throughout, but there's also major things that you kind of have to 
understand anything in particular that you wrestled with directly there was like one big thing we were just hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on now what's this one one of the first things i started looking at was uh hell um and the nature of it if it exists um and different uh scripture interpretation scriptural interpretations of what 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 exists what's out there um so that was one of the things and i started you know, looking into that, uh, hearing different, and that was well before I ever decided, um, I, I was done, but I was just like, I was trying to hear different perspectives. Um, so in terms of universalism or, uh, annihilationism, uh, you mm-hmm. guys might be familiar with those, mm-hmm. um, so things like that. Uh, it was, <clears throat> so that was one of the first things. And, you know, I, I was still all in with, for the church at that time, at that point. Yeah, I was still trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, after that was probably the nature of the law and the uh, origin stories and Exodus and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, I know that um, the first class I took was uh, Bible study methods, which is now I think called hermeneutics. hermeneutics. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying well, that's what it was when I took it. And remained that I'm just way. saying that's what it, when I took it. Yeah. And uh, I think the neat thing about that was. Um, the professor told me to go into every service that I went to and start thinking critically mm-hmm. about what's being said and write them down, write down all the questions that I see, write down the contradictions that I might find right. and then study it on my own or bring it to him in class yeah. and, and go over it. And those things were very eye-opening because a lot of times, you know, like what you talk about, um, sometimes we think we know a lot about something we don't know. Right. Having gone to, you know, sat in church services for the better part of 35, 40 yeah. years, I felt like that was the case. 47. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I look good then. <laughs> um, uh, but so, yeah, so I would just kind of, you kind of go through the motions. You're not really paying that close attention. Right. Um, but now it started like, okay, well, this is a little bit of a challenge now. This is interesting. Yeah, this will get a, me thinking. I'm not ashamed to admit that I, I went through the emotions, yeah. through the motions, but yeah. mostly because, um, I mean, I, my heart, I felt in my heart. Yeah. But I think that was more um, almost groupthink in a sense. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I know people who have discovered the things I have and still have faith, uh, but maybe it looks a little differently than um, what you guys would think is a faith. Um, but... There's a, I think one of the reasons I was there is just because subconsciously I just, I wanted to belong. So that was part one of the interview. Hope that was insightful and informative. We look forward to bringing you the second part uh, in the next couple of days. And uh, as always, thank you for supporting and listening. Thanks again for listening to the latest and greatest episode of Eye to Eye. Please don't forget to follow us on FB, Inspired One Enterprises, on Insta at Eye to Eye Podcast. That's the letter I underscore the number two underscore the letter I podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Leave those five stars and a generous review because you love us and want us to be great as we do you. Thank you once again for rocking with us. 
And remember, be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does. Was that good, Little Bear? Did I do it? Did I do that? Did I like the, the nice white people with the good voices? No? I'm just not going to say nothing. Okay, fine. <sighs> Thank you again, guys. See you next week.